0: Got into upper management. I worked for this group that was buying and selling mortgage companies and banks during the old RTC days, for those of you old enough to remember those. And because I was truly at that time a salesperson at heart. And getting in, and as you go do due diligence on these companies, you literally learned the different structures, what worked. And that's what we bring to the Branch Academy is. You know, so you literally we teach a, a method of how to look at your PL in five minutes, because most managers cringe, they just look to see if they're profitable or not. Right. But we show you how to look at it in five minutes and you'll know what adjustments, if any, you need to make or where where you're bleeding, what how how to stay profitable even in that we got we've been able to turn a a lot of people around and be profitable.
1: Hey, welcome to Loan Officer Growth, the podcast that helps loan officers grow their business and have more freedom. You are in for a special treat today. We have Kevin Gillespie. He is the leader of the Branch Academy, also known as the Leadership Academy at the Mortgage Marketing Animals. Um, He is a mortgage loan officer coach and a dear friend of mine, an all-around awesome person. How are you doing, man?
0: Yeah, I am doing good. And thank you for inviting me. It's an honor to to be here with you. And of course, your friendship, I, I appreciate. And you're such an awesome guy. I've learned so much from. So this is this is an honor for me. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Man, it's great having you on. Outstanding. Why don't you, uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about you and how you started in the business and, and how you've come so far. I've always been kind of curious about
0: that. Well, it's, it's um, I don't know that it's interesting, but it's been a long journey. I've been, <laughs> been in the business since the early '80s and started because I know where you're at there in Katy. Janice and I used to live in Katy, and and our office that I started at was at Dairy Ashford Nine Ten in 1983. So that going back a ways, and so I was a loan officer and then became a branch manager in the business, and you know a lot of ups and downs going through that process. And um, and then uh, started doing some national production stuff uh, in 94. We were transferred to Northern California with a group and uh, with a large bank that uh, Gerald Ford took over. Not the ex-president, but Jerry Ford, who uh, owns a, a, a big hedge fund. And he would buy okay. and sell banks and mortgage companies. And so it was a great education for me and then while in northern california i switched companies and joined a company called ctx which was owned by the national builder centex homes ctx i ran the the west coast uh, retail operation there and they had uh, several branches and that was good and then they brought me into dallas to head up all the builder and then um, with that then i joined uh, and became president of the organization for a couple of years and then during the housing crunch, they they merged with Pulte. Pulte has a mortgage company. And then I bumped around a few places, but ended up joining a, a nice company up in Wisconsin called Waterstone. It's owned by Waterstone Bank. And uh, it's a publicly held bank. But uh, we were able to uh, grow that from about $1.2 to about $3.5 before I left. I was a COO there. And so the, those backgrounds gave me a lot of insight into all the segments of the business. Not that I'm real good at all of them, but I just, you know, you get, they're good learning lessons for me, uh, Richard. And um, While I was there, I ended up getting about almost 20 of our people signed up with Carl. And I was watching what Carl was doing. And I told him one day after about six months, I said, man, what you teach loan officers is great for getting volume up, but a good, chunkier people are branch managers and the way we get to be branch managers in this crazy business is we're good producers but we're right. always not the greatest managers so we started to putting together strategy sessions and that's how we started the branch academy and been doing it now a little over five years and i just love it we got i mean you help in that group you're one of the leaders in our group and we got about 45 people in it right now of different branch managers and company owners and broker owners. And so it's really developed into it. And that's the best group it, it, part about the group. It's not just me. Boy, you get thought processes from you and Carl and all these other leaders that are running organizations. And we share all those ideas. And um, it, it just has really been nothing but a blessing for me.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's amazing what you're doing over there. What Thank you.
0: you. Yeah. What do you um,
1: tell us about what you love the most about what you do? We kind of talked about it earlier um, before we recorded, but what do you, what do you absolutely love about what you do?
0: Well, it's cause I'm helping these guys. I, I think with my experience, it's been again, because we get in there cause we're good producers, right? But now all of a sudden I got a P and L or I got HR, or I got to implement process flows or technology, and so it's always changing um and 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 again the group that i get to work with makes all the difference in the world the culture within our organization is just phenomenal nice
1: yeah you you help a lot of people man well thank nice you coaching them cuz it's funny you you say that and it's so true that the the best loan officers end up becoming branch managers but their strength is is sales. And, you know, it's usually the opposite strengths that you need for the other side of the business. So you, you're able to teach them and help, you know, show them uh, the struggles that normally they have coming out, you know, transferring directly from a loan officer to a branch manager.
0: Well, and, and you're, you're dead on because in fact, we've had a lot of folks and you've seen it is that they get into the management piece and they say, I've had enough. I'm going back just to originate. Uh, I'm kind of the opposite way. I'm not the greatest originator right now. I can, I can hold my own and do pretty good, but I'm probably better at the leadership or the management right. side sort of thing. So um, it's just, you know, what, what's your passion, what's your fit. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's I, I really enjoy it.
1: Nice. So uh, success happens in kind of small steps you know, one at a time, instead of all at once, what are some of the steps you've taken that have helped bring on success for you?
0: Um, I've had, when I was young, I had a couple of really good mentors and that's what I like about the freedom club. Cause I, there was a gap in my career there where I didn't have some new mentors, but you know, there's so much in this business is, you got to be a sponge, right? And try to learn because, you know, not only have I had some success, I, man, I've made every mistake out there you think. And so um, just having that information and being open and just pulling up by the bootstraps and okay, let's go try this again and, and just keep going on. So um, when I first got into upper management, I worked for, this group that was buying and selling mortgage companies and banks during the old RTC days, for those of you old enough to remember those. And because I was truly at that time a salesperson at heart and getting in. And as you go do due diligence on these companies, you literally learn the different structures, what worked. And that's what we bring to the Branch Academy is, you know, so you literally we teach a, a method of how to look at your P and L in five minutes because most managers cringe. They just look to see if they're profitable or not. Right. But we show you how to look at it in five minutes, and you'll know what adjustments, if any, you need to make, or where where you're bleeding. What how how to stay profitable even. And we got we've been able to turn a lot a lot of people around and be profitable in in this marketplace, which is probably one of the tougher ones you and I have seen over the years. Right. Um, Teaching people how to recruit—that was a biggie. But as learning that and it's always being refined, the that's been a big one. Coaching sales, man. Us loan officers are a different breed. So how do you motivate them? Find out their whys? How do you really get into their brain and get them to commit so that they will take the activities they need to do to be a success? Um, looking at technology, you know, this is an interesting business where. We really haven't done a very. We've been good at getting technology, but it's very fragmented, and we haven't done a good job putting it together so that it gives us efficiency. And a technology stack should literally either help us get more loans or help us drive efficiency. And you know, if you're a manager like me and you like the bright and shiny whistle, you're signing up for all these technologies. And all they do is cost you money and you're probably only using 30% of what you have. So right. understanding how to use your technology, get it integrated into your operation is, is a big deal. Um, and then just lowering that cost to produce and getting efficiency because getting scale on your fixed costs is a huge part of being profitable in this marketplace. So those kind of things, learn, learning the, uh, the how how's to do those kind of things really to make a difference.
1: Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Do you, do you, speaking of technology, do you have any insight on any of the new AI type technology that's kind of rolling out that a loan officer or a branch manager would?
0: It's changing every day and I'm learning, I'm trying to keep up and learn about it. Right. I do think that over the next five years, I don't think it's going to happen in the next year. But AI and robotics is going to change our industry dramatically, and we don't know how yet. Right. Um, The good news is the bond market still requires all the documentation and crossing the T's and dotting the I's. So, but I do think we'll finally start to get some, some efficiencies and economies of scale with it and jobs will change so i don't know if that means it's going to change the loan officer maybe i think it's going to be more with processing right you know documentation you know they got automatic document readers right now and different systems and underwrite there's a there's a system i'm trying to think of the name off the top of my head that they'll guarantee you use their system and they'll guarantee you no buybacks it's basically an ai underwriting wow. system. so I think that in closing, there's, there's going to be some changes, um, and and so that may create some job compression within the organization. So, does a underwriter become a processor or a, a underwriter? Close. Who knows? It's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah. You know, you look at all the technology being used in uh, appraisals these days, right? And uh, automatic market valuations, and so it's it's going to be. We got a ways out, but it's going to change. You can bet on that.
1: Yeah. I heard a really, really cool quote that uh, is so interesting to me. It's AI is not going to take your job. Somebody using AI is going to take your job.
0: (laughs) That's a great quote. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I heard it is there's going to be two types of business in five years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those that are using AI, those that are out of business, kind of the same thing. But I love your quote. That's a great one.
1: It's awesome. So what, um, you know what I do want to talk about real quick, if you don't mind, is um, call reluctance. You're kind of known for the guy who teaches call reluctance and how to get past it. So what, do you want to talk a little bit about that?
0: Let, let's do that. Um, the, it became really interesting to me as, because, When I got into the business, what got me successful, I had a young family and I didn't really know the mortgage business, but all I knew is I could go out and sell. And I just made call after call, after call, after call. And then as I got into management and and I did better than a lot of people around me, but I sure didn't know the business as well as some of those guys. And so as I moved into management, I finally realized watching so many loan officers struggle and i had call reluctance and i think 95 percent of us do it's a um in in researching it and you know we wrote that book on it is basically the way our egos are set up our subconscious mind it's it's designed to protect us and what we know and it's going to take and keep us in the familiar because that's that's what protects us and if we're going out and making calls and we don't know what's going to happen and and also at the same time being accepted a huge part of our uh our our society right how many times do we go on Facebook to see how many likes I got or yeah. did somebody like my comment or or saying well how many friends do we have and and so it has become such an important acceptance is such an important part of our um, our, our our social society or uh, not saying it real well, but it's it's no, makes it's really an important thing to us as a being. And what's interesting, there's a university of study, a university of Michigan study back in 2011 that even said that if we are rejected. Socially, it's the same as being physically hurt. The way our brain processes that is the same way. So we've got all sorts of guards that go up. So we've put together a book and we've and, and I've added to it since then, but we've probably got about 20 different little strategies somebody could take to, to use as exercises to get them to go out and make calls to get them, but it's, it's step-by-step step and it's, you're rewiring your brain. You're it, it's, it's a muscle you're building. Right. Yeah. And but if you, you start to do it, you can build and you can overcome it, but I'll, I'll give one, just one, one example of it right here. If you can, as a salesperson, if you got call reluctance, what you have is it means that you are, are, are tied to the outcome. We're thinking about, oh my God, what are they going to say? Are they going to accept me? And what you need to do is convince yourself it doesn't matter what they say. Whether they reject me or accept me doesn't matter. So my goal isn't about what they say. We got to remove away from what the response is and make our goal and commit to the number of calls I make. Because even if you're you're good or not or average at making calls, if you make enough of them, you'll make progress. But so many of us, myself included, we worry about what they're going to respond, and that right. that brain, the 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 uh, uh, the people, they call it the monkey mind, right? That your mind starts to race, and when you're worried about what somebody's going to respond, you're not. You're not in the moment, you're thinking ahead, and that will start to shut you down because your subconscious mind will then try to protect, well, wait, this person could get hurt because of this response. You're better off finding something else to do. And so just, uh, I think one of the most important things, the bottom line is, disconnect from the outcome. And -hmm. instead, does does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that does. It's interesting when you think about it like that. Okay. Okay. And counting no's I've heard, you know, cause you're, Oh, you,
0: you're the one who told me about that. I think that's a great idea, right? My goal yeah. every day is to get to, to 30 no's because if I get to 30 no's, right, I, I'm, I'm probably going to have three or four or five yeses in there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a great goal.
1: That's wild. So what is, uh, what is something you're excited about that you're working on
0: right now? Oh, man, we got so many things right now in the in the Leadership Academy. We're just we we do little online boot camps for about four weeks in a row where we take one topic and deep dive. So about a month ago, we did a, a deep dive into recruiting and we've had such success with that because in our group, everybody shares So different companies. They shared their presentation books and we, we showed who to find, who to look for how to get in front of them, how to start connecting on social media. What's your presentation when you do meet with them? What's the follow-up you do? Cause all the money's in the follow-up and then an onboarding process. And um, you're my good friend, Wayne King and Paul Marsh. They've hired in about the last month and a half, about 12 new loan officers and have three or four more coming on. Wow. Um, Another guy in Southern California, has hired 10 or 12 new LOs. And, and the truth, these are decent folks. There's a lot of movement and a lot of struggles in this marketplace. Right. And so people are looking for a good home. And I don't know about you, but I think it's probably one of the best times I've ever seen to recruit. Um, the, a brand new guy to our group who was just getting started, um, uh, Jr. Boston down in Fort Lauderdale, he went ahead and started implementing some of the processes He's hired four new LOs. So mm. uh, that was one thing. The last four weeks, we've done a deep dive into the builder business. I love the builder business. And right now it's about 25% of the market compared to where it's usually about 12 to 15. Right. But because of lack of inventory. So we've how do you find all the builders? Because we have this mindset. Well, they they got a, a mortgage relationship. Well, about half of them do, the other half don't. And there's a lot of mid-sized builders. And I'll give you a a perfect example. We looked at some numbers because we got some databases where you can literally see who a builder is sending their mortgage business to and how many lots they got coming down the line and how much spec inventory and a lot of great information. And one builder that's been in business several years, it's a mid-sized builder here in Austin, built 64 homes last year. Not a relationship with one mortgage company. Wow. All went to different people. Um, Toll Brothers, a national builder here, and la- don't hold me to these numbers, but I'll be real close, did like 136 closings in the last 12 months, and they have a mortgage company. Their mortgage company got only 37 of them. Wow. So there's a lot of opportunity. So we we show that. We show how to give construction financing to them because you can really tie up a builder that way, um, how you can set up JVs or partnerships with them. We had Brad Lua from Greg and Valby talk about that last week. And then this week we're talking about 13 different strategies that are different. Now you still work the builder, just like you do the DSP, right. you know, your daily success program, but there are some different vernaculars and strategies. So that's been fun. And then the boot camp we're starting in about three weeks, it's to get ready for 24. It's a five to six week deep dive into your business strategy for mm. a three a three year business plan and breaking it down to one and why it's important. Then we're looking at how are you going to go after new business and who's going to do it and what's the most cost effective ways to drive it in. And how to measure cost per lead, because we know different leads convert agent and database leads at about 25%. Facebook and Zillow leads convert at about 2%. But in the mo- middle, if somebody is actively Googling you because they saw your business, those will convert at about 15%. And one of our guys, Brian Grubbs over in Raleigh, he gets about 100 of those Google leads a month. Wow. And wow. so... And, and, and the way people shop is changing a little bit. So that'll be part of it. Then we're going to do a whole business plan on your conversion and how to up, upgrade your conversion and measure that. So if you think about a loan officer's role, it's really kind of two pieces of the puzzle. There's the sales and lead generation, and there's a cost associated with that. And then there's the conversion piece. So how do you break out regardless of what the lead type is? conversion from driving the leads in. And that way it'll help you measure and manage and really build a better business plan. And then we're gonna get into your process flows, ways to remove friction, how to integrate your technology and get more cost. And man, we still got a couple of months. uh, And I say a couple of months, it's, it's still several months that before rates drop, And being brutal on your cost is going to still be required, especially as we head into the winter. So um, I'm really excited about this business plan.
1: Man, that's awesome. That's some good stuff coming down the pipe. Thank (laughs) Thank you. That's excellent. So speaking of that, we're, what are we, gosh, August 29th today, we're recording this. Yeah. What are you, what words of encouragement do you have for loan officers in the current times we're in, like what, 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 do, what do you think? What do you think? Well, that, I've
0: been through like four or five of these cycles in my career, um, and I remember early Houston years in the early '80s, <laughs> we lost three hundred thousand jobs, and we were they were closing on fifteen hundred units a month in Houston alone. <laughs> That's where I was located. And I thought, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. But you get through it. And we're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel. And what that's going to do is a lot of the part-time folks are getting out of the business. A lot of the people, they just can't take it anymore. There's going to be more companies because of warehouse lines and investor issues right now are coming back to haunt them. They're going to get out of the business. But the good companies and the good people and the people who stick with it and continue to work the business. Next year, we are expecting about a 20% increase in production. This is coming from the NBA. And I, it may be 18%, but right. I'm just eyeballing it. And the following year after that, another 20% increase. Hmm. But I still think between now and the end of the year, we'll have more fallout. And, and I don't want to scare anybody with this, but I'm trying to be honest. I think rates will continue to tick up a little bit. And even though many of the gurus are still saying, and, you know, oh, rates will be down in the low fives or mid fives by the end of the year. Man, I I pray they're right. I really do, right? No, nobody, we'd all love that, but we still have this inventory shortage. Right. But there's, there's a couple of things going on that um, the government by the, between now and the end of the year has about, Two and a half trillion dollars, as I've been told, is the number of debt because of all the funds they have put out in the economy. They have to finance. Hmm. Now, two and a half trillion dollars is a huge amount. And to attract that number of investors to buy those bonds. Rates will probably go up. And wow. the, just because there's not enough bondholders or buyers out there in the marketplace and, and fits downgraded, right, the government debt. So that's why why our rates have ticked up here recently. Right. So I think we'll see rates still come up. But next year, what's really interesting and without trying to get too technical on this, there's a lot of corporate public companies that have low debt and it's coming due. I mean, billions and billions of dollars of it next year. So they're going to have to refinance. Well, their rates are going to go from three or four or five to 10. Their their interest will double. Well, according to Goldman Sachs, for every dollar increased in interest rate payments for most of those companies, they will cut their employee staff by 20 cents. Well, if it's more than double, that means they're going to cut 40 or 50 cents on the dollar for employees, which means that'll be a lot of layoffs and that will start to really slow the inflation. And, and so next year we should see rates come down from the, I I, I follow a couple other folks that aren't as well known, but man, I really believe in them. And and that's, that's what they're saying. So um, now I still think it's a great market to go after builders because until rates come down, we're not getting the new inventory that right. we need. Now, the other thing is, is that, um, that people have been financing non-mortgage debt to live their lifestyle. They're so glad to be out on COVID, right? So credit card debt went over a trillion dollars. Yeah. So uh, this was really interesting, Richard. I saw last week where Rocket came out with their Q2 earnings. And what was interesting, five percent, fifty-five percent of their business was purchased, which is a lot for them. But that also means forty-five percent of their business was refinanced. Yeah. And there's a whole wow. bunch of us, myself included. Us, you know, we're not doing forty-five percent refi. And uh, is it Greg Morgan? I listened to him on the Breakfast yes. Club the other day Great. talk about how he's doing a lot of cash-out refinances. My friend um, Tim Atwood over in Tennessee said he sent out a nice thank you note to his whole database and said, by the way, we're seeing people wanting to consolidate debt. And he picked up three loans. He said he took somebody, it'll be, it was like from three and a three quarter percent to six and a half percent, but saved them $900 crazy. a month. Yeah, so it's so crazy. there's opportunity. Um, I'm trying to think But managing your leads, managing this cost is going to be important for quite a while until margins come back and and volume comes back. So but but we'll get there. Um, I think that the other thing I would recommend. Tell me if this makes sense. And you're the expert at this because you've got the qualified agent list. If guys, if you aren't using Richard for your qualified agent list, you're you're crazy because he's got the best ones out there. Um, and what, what, you know, how we always say, get your focus 40, right, right? To get your loan, your loan number. I was looking at some data where if you took the top producing loan officers over the last six months in any area, I went into four or five areas and did this and looked at the agents they're doing business with. And I mean, some of these people were doing a 200. Units in a six-month period. So they're doing decent volume even in this market.
1: Yeah.
0: What was interesting when you looked at the agents they worked with, it wasn't the typical agent sending them four over six months sending them four or five deals. It was agents doing one or two deals. And what that told me, tell me if I, I'm if I'm analyzing this right, because I know you do it all day long. What that told me is man, we, until the, because agents are having a rough time, like the mortgage business, you know, we probably need to, to double down on the number of agents we're trying to meet with and build relationships with. And that's where Richard's list will help anybody right. get more of the quality agents to get in front of But does that analysis make sense? Yeah, that
1: definitely makes sense. It's so true.
0: Yeah. So, right. but, but we'll get through it. The, the housing market and the bond market is the biggest market in the world. It's twice the size of, of the stock market. It's yeah, not it's going away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's it's just, man, you you gotta be smart, you gotta be hard on your costs, you gotta work hard, but but you'll get through and still I you notice I we were you were with me in Asheville and we had that group of a hundred people and we we asked everybody, well, how many of you lost a lot of weight? Nobody raised their hand, so it means we're not starving. You know, we're still by. So
1: yeah, that's awesome, man. Man, it's great. It's really been great having you on.
0: Well, thank so. you. It's always it's always fun to spend let's, time with you. I, yeah. I I appreciate it. And again, I'm humbled and honored for for the opportunity. I hope I've been of help.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. So let's do a shameless plug for you. What if somebody out there is interested in finding out more about the Branch Academy. How do they? How would they get a hold of
0: you? They can. The best way is just to sign up for a call. We'll do a strategy call. Go to www.profitdrivenplan.com. Again, www.profitdrivenplan.com, and we'll set up a, a call. And Carl or myself or Kristen, somebody, will we'll we'll do a strategy call with them and be glad to help them.
1: Love it. Love it. Again, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you spending some time with us.
0: Hey, thanks for inviting me. Look forward to doing it again. Okay, you too. Thanks, man.